down your unders. Down your unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Art of War. Down Under. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this episode 117 of the Art of War Down Under podcast. Feels like just yesterday I was sitting in lockdown during mid-COVID, deciding I was going to start a review podcast, and here we are, 117 later. I am joined by, uh, it's going to go down as one of the great stories, feel-good stories of ninth edition. Orcs winning a super major. Who would have freaking thought it in our, you know, the year of 2022 with what people considered as a pretty maligned book in a weird space? Mr. Ben Jerick, welcome to the show, my man. How you doing? Thanks, Adam. I'm doing great. Uh, I, I really like being the feel-good story because I'm a really feel-good guy. <laughs> I, well, I've heard nothing but good things about you, sir. So it's my absolute pleasure not to have a, a gentleman of such standing and such renown now coming off the win, uh, perfectly placed, by the way. So I, I know you you pay some attention to my show, people along at home. Um, I was going to do the Orc retrospective review. It was the next one in the pipe because I'm doing it in, in the order of review of the initial codexes. And Orcs was the next one. Now, because G-Dub was slack on releasing the balanced data slate on time, and I thought there was a good chance Orcs would get something in that balanced data slate, ha, they didn't, um, I held off doing this show. And I held off so long that Orcs went and won a freaking Super Major. So I'm like, fortuitous, I will take this. Thank you very much, uh, you know, the whims of the warp. I will jump on this opportunity, <laughs> sir. Uh, so here we are, my man. Um, but dude, congratulations to yourself. Thank you for coming on the show. My, my, my absolute honor to have you on again. Anything you'd like to plug anywhere people can find you, engage with more Ben Jurek, should they be just lustful with Orc goodness after this show? Well, thanks for having me, and I, I definitely do appreciate it. Um, the As far as what I'm currently doing, I do a little bit of writing with Goonhammer uh, these days. Um, I was a co-host on In the Finest Hour. We're currently on a hiatus uh, um, since kind of COVID kind of uh, hit, fatigued us on that, but I did, did do a bunch of episodes of How to Play 40K over there. Um, outside that, I just want to give a shout-out to my guys over at Smite Club, uh, my local Southwest team, and that's all I got for now. Fantastic. Well, so we're here to do the Orc retrospective. For those people who do not know, six to nine months, sometimes 12 months, depending on the release schedule of GW and how much it messes up my my back end, um, we like to look back on a codex and see how it's tracking. Six to six to nine months, 12 months after it was released, after we did the initial review on this show, this is a review show, for those who do not know, we look back and we give it a medical examination. We go back through with the information that we have now, because of course, whenever we review things on this show, it's usually the week of pre-release or the week after they came out. We don't have a lot of data and we're usually going off on a lot of, of, of gut instinct and interpretation of things before we've seen them in practice. Well, we now have got six to 12 months of data on this or codex and we're here to talk to it and tell you guys what was a swing, what was a miss, what was a home run, what has been doing amazingly well for Orc players out there, and what you need to know about Orcs in the meta at the moment. This, of course, is a two-part podcast. first part comes out for you guys Tuesday mornings. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, part two can be found over at Patreon, the Art of War Down Under, over or over on the 40K, Art of War 40K website, artofwar40k.com. Jump over, get involved, get your questions answered. Uh, we have a bunch in part two. In addition, we're going to be talking about the current state of Orcs in the meta in Nephilim, and with the actual balanced data slate, we may not have pointed this out, but Orcs were a little bit of a winner there just by the backhanded reactions of the two two of their biggest predators copping some slaps. So we're going to be unpacking that in part two, where they're looking and how they're feeling towards the end of this ITC season. Jumping into this review, this retrospective review, Ben, when you first cracked the Orc book, 
you know, in, in, in a bygone era. It seems like a, it seems like a million years ago <laughs> since this book came out. Um, what were your first impressions of this Orc Codex? How did you feel about it the first time you'd gone cover to cover? Um, so my first impressions of the Orc Codex, I got some leaks back, like in the middle of LSO. I'm playing Orcs Eighth Edition Codex for the last time. I'm playing a custom stomple list, some stupid thing, um, and I kind of I got a lot of lackluster review and just people weren't happy about it mm. um at lso and i was like are you kidding like this there, there's there's gold in here trust me there's gold i will find a way and <laughs> within uh within a couple weeks i was uh on a podium with speedwa uh, <laughs> so yep. yeah we we uh the the orc hive mind got together uh and we put together a speedwa list within within two weeks essentially uh of of ultimate proportions and which eventually went on to be the menace that it was. Uh, so we immediately picked out Speedwa as, as a problem. Um, and that was, that was immediately spotted. Uh, and we knew the fighting orcs wouldn't, didn't have the gas they needed and they wouldn't get that gas until, uh, till the wall got updated. Honestly, I mean, you have like your diehards like rich Kilton and such, that, and other people that played gas for a while. And even I, I, as soon as freebooters, you know, went away, I played, uh, a you know i've been playing goths essentially um and they're they definitely have been lackluster uh so you know going back to first impression we picked up the the uh the shooty orcs right away but we we always felt that that fighting orcs were a little bit behind even with some really good data sheets exactly right the uh, first out of the gate this or codex had a build that was as good as anyone's build but the people the reason i think the reason people were a bit negative on it initially and i was one of those people is because we were just about to go into we were just leaving the admech and drakari world they had just taken like the second their second and third rounds of nerfs things had just started to come into balance and we were ready for some new contenders and when we came when the Orcodex came in that was our first comparison was how good are they compared to what this were on release and well apart from Speedwire there was really not a lot else going on like you said as soon as Speedwire got nerfed there there wasn't a lot going on I was one of those people who was pretty disenchanted with this book when I first reviewed it I felt like it was a little bit hollow and that it was just going to live and die on how good its data sheets were because I didn't feel like it had a lot of the 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 poppy combo pieces that Admech had or it didn't have the extreme levels of value that you could get from drakari um is that is that echoed as well as what you thought or do you think there was always just more to be more to be discovered here a huge bucket full of awesome tech and stuff i think at the end of the day and this is where kind of where we're at today is that we find that everything's boiled down to a very small space like there are particular data sheets that you're really only going to see uh, these data sheets get ran, but there's enough of them that you see lists that sometimes run them and sometimes don't. Hmm. Um, I, I think the majority of the time, a lot of golf lists, specifically since golf is currently the meta choice, uh, you're only going to see like a three to 500 point difference. And that big 300 point difference is often if you run gas or not. Yes, um, that's exactly right. And then, and then outside that, it's like oh, a couple changes here. There, some people run commando, some people don't, some people that try to squeeze in a was bomb. So, but your, your core, you know, Goth pressure list doesn't change that much. And that's perfectly said, because that is the competitive archetype uh, you ran and, and you won with. And that's been the most, uh, essentially the most competitive archetype since the Speedwire died, since the, the freebooters went the way of the Dodo, has been this kind of, uh, most of the time, Goth, sometimes every now and then you see a Blood Axe, somebody, a Savant, just pop up and do something amazing stuff, or, um, you know, sort of crazy dude with Snake Bites. We're seeing some um, Death Skulls going gangbusters in teams in Europe, which we're going to unpack in part two also. Um but yeah, it usually has been Goss has been the dominant thing, and I, I love that you said Gaz because he's a great um, uh, lodestone for what I was saying about um, 
the life and death, living and dying by the data sheets. It's almost like when when the meta when it's a meta where gas feels good, orcs are good. When it's a meta where gas feels bad, orcs aren't that good. I suppose you might be able to say the same for a Baden in a couple of months or Bellacore, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But does that hold any weight with you? Um, so my SoCal was a, was a point where I finally decided to run gas again after running no gas since the beginning of Nephilim, mostly based on the biggest and bestest uh, secondary and. I, I hit a place where I was like, oh, Gaz is good again because he's good into the meta. Not specifically bad. Um, like where I, There's matchups where he's definitely bad. Uh, but matchups where he's good into the meta is makes the meta much stronger for him because then I actually have him as a tool versus just dead weight of 300 points that you know dies in a single, bit, in a single turn. Yeah, ex- exactly right. Uh, where do you feel orcs are at right now? Like, how do you feel about them in the current state of the game? Obviously, you got to feel pretty good, but your your results notwithstanding, the last kind of two to three months since Nephilim came out, how do you feel they're sitting at the moment? And how do you feel they are post data slate? I think a lot of people have them correctly placed in that B tier category, and I would, if we're going to do pluses and minuses, I'd say B plus tier, um, only because of how well they play into everything else that's currently a problem and. I think if more orc players showed up to particular uh, tournaments, uh, and particularly good orc players, you'd see win rates of certain problematic armies go down. I don't think you see a world where Harlequins have a sixty percent win rate in a world full of orcs. That's just not going to happen. Especially um, not, the, especially not the Twilight builds now, where they they just have like their yeah. three big bombs and a couple of smalls, and like, well, I out trade you. I can trade you two to one as the orc player and still win this. Yeah, I my my orc, my my Harlequin matchup is one of my best matchups, and like to see people on the internet being like, "Oh, you didn't play in Harlequin," I'm like, "You mean my best matchup? I'll play that all day, please." I will. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really interesting to hear stuff like that because yeah, a perception external perception is that orcs don't do well into Harlequins because you struggle to crack the boats. But now the boats and the light archetype of oops or clown cars that's changing fundamentally. There's going to be a lot more clowns running around on the feet. You don't need to go through the things that you find really hard to hit. Well, you're hitting from sixes from ranges, or you're going to be betting your your freaking um, auto hitting um, <coughs> kill rigs. Just get enough shots to, to pop yeah, a boat. Between auto killing kill rigs, and you have five bomb squigs. Like you crash That's, a boat. I was, about, I was about to say <laughs> bomb squig tech. We're gonna we're gonna unpack that in a yeah, moment. That's, that's that's the ultimate. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but first first of all, we're jumping straight into this review. We're going to be going through the book again, like all the major, hitting all the high points, talking about all the different sections. We're going to be starting off with the clans, unless you think there's anything to start off with the, the it's not the detachment abilities, the army abilities at the start. Is there anything fundamental in the detachment abilities that has caused the lifeblood of the orc army to, you know, do well, expire? Well, I mean, like, mob rule is kind of okay sometimes. It's not nearly as good as it used to be. I don't really like the new mob rule that much, but mm-hmm. it comes up every now and then against leadership-based armies. Outside of a, uh, outside that, like, here we go. Like, you know, re-rolling your charges is actually incredibly important. I've rolled a lot of uh, failed charges mm. uh, that just re-roll into a successful one. So I've been playing plenty of players recently that didn't even, like, forgot that that's a core For, you yeah, know, just forget. rule. I'm like, they think I'm setting a CP to do it. I'm like, no, I th- <laughs> I'm even, going to take my charges. Even though it's been a cornerstone rule since seventh edition, or was it even in sixth edition where they had to they got to re-roll charges? Um, but yeah, they have had some way to, to to interact with that that phase of the game forever. It's funny that I I said detachment abilities and he automatically went to the data sheet abilities. This is just showing how That's silly. No, no, just showing how silly the formatting of some of our codexes are. Like, why are they separate? It's the same thing essentially. Uh, but anyway, jumping down into the clans. Um, I was pretty 
hit and miss on the clans when they first came out. I thought some of them had a lot of promise. I thought especially especially Goss had a lot of promise. I didn't I didn't actually key in on freebooters being OP until we I think we got into the part two of the review and started breaking down some some combos. Uh, but how did you feel um, the clans are in, in retrospect? Do you think they're good? Do you think they're pretty they're pretty hollow or not fleshed out enough? I think uh, some of the some of the clans are definitely lackluster, not doing what not doing what you want them, especially compared to their previous edition versions, like like Deskulls, You know they lost uh, they lost a little bit a little bit a little bit of oomph. Uh, Evil Sons losing losing a bit a little bit of oomph. Um, I don't know why they decided to like nerf the clans in between editions when orcs weren't even that good in the first place. It yeah. just felt like an unnecessary nerf. Uh, I did, I don't know if they expect them to just be suddenly better or amazing. Um, but the the obvious two that stuck out were were Goths and Freebooters, and they still stick out to this day. Um, I'm sad that my my painted bad moons because my I do uh. run a black and yellow uh, are are terrible. Um, I'm sorry that they are probably I'll go out and say they're the worst. Um, the, the, the worst uh, clan trait, but uh, blood axes would soon get their own supplement that would make them really really cool. Uh, so uh, that's where like the secret tech and the mortal wounds spam lists come in. Oh yeah, exactly right. Um, I'm I'm still pretty down on the the clans overall. I think I still, but I still, and yet I still think they're one of the strongest parts of the book, which I think unfortunately says a little bit about my perceptions of this book. I feel like the clans is where I think too much of the flavor was injected, um, and I think some more of it could have been put in other parts of of things rather than because I remember when the, when this book first came out, yeah, you, you felt the orc players almost felt like they had to run multiple clans in order to get the most from what they were taking like you'd see goths and evil sons because you'd had the flight last relic with the evil sons but literally that was it you had to go there because all the best relics or waller traits were locked into clans because of the generic ones just weren't that good outside making a beat stick uh, is that something you reflect on as well i do reflect on that uh my lvo list was multi-clan um uh, my previous list my uh previous list since freebooters got you know dodo uh we're all multi-clan lists um and i do miss being able to do that i i do feel i'd be doing better if i was running multi-clan even today so like if i could do it if i go back in time and you know be able to run multi-clan i definitely would because i want traits from each each other one and we got like weird stuff we have really weird nerfs across our data sheets like our grots don't have obsec unless you give them a specialist attachment um or like you can only run, you know, one war boss per detach, but in Nephilim with CP costs, like there's a bunch of random nerfs. I don't think people thought about all the way. Exactly right. The one war boss, when you rely on war bosses for so many of your buffs and your specialist killing power, like your damage three in combat almost exclusively has to come from a character. Um, and, and things of that ilk, unless it's like a death trade or something like that. Like to get it on infantry, get damage tree on infantry, you have to look really hard for it. And so to have that lock to one per detachment, and then Nephilim comes out and punishes you, and a ninth edition comes out and punishes you for multi detachments and stuff like that. Um, it just it just kind of melt, or just kind of felt bad. It felt like this was an eighth edition codex. It felt like this was written on eighth edition parameters when you wanted to take triple patrol, triple or triple battalion stuff like that to to min max out detachments in order to get more cp like we did back in the day but anyway overall i think unfortunately the clans are <laughs> they're a win yeah, they're, they're they're a win because they had to be they, they have to be uh freebooters obviously you know did what it did i was a classic freebooter player back in eighth i was 
ran like a weird double Gorkonaut thing that you know oh, I did well with and love was like my original claim to fame. Um, so that when when I saw new freebooters and the fact that they weren't they were even better because they didn't have like an uh, an aura radius anymore or anything like that, I I got very excited. So um, the the clans, even though there's you know only a few good ones, they're they're they are a win. Um, I wish they were better. Yeah, but they still they still kind of feel like they're the lifeblood. They're like the spine that holds that kind of props everything else up. But moving on to the specialist mobs, um, it's, it's been a really big hit and miss part of all of the Ninth Edition codexes. How good some of the build your own varieties are compared to some others. Um, how does the orc one hold up? Uh, the the orc specialist. We're talking about specialist mobs like their 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 uh, army of renown book. Or are we talking about their specialist mobs like horrible gits and horrible gits? Uh, okay, uh, so like horrible gits and truck boys. Um, those are the two you're going to see played. There's some argument for Mad Boys, and like a mini argument for Boom Boys and their Army of Renown army uh, for their uh, for their speed mob. Um, but they're they're exclusive. They're ran. They're, every list should be running specialist mobs, so they're they're good and they're good enough to be to for sure be running. You should definitely it's, have them. It's a little frustrating how there's only two. <laughs> like you, you could almost delete all the other ones except for Truck Boys and Horrible Gits. I mean, admittedly, there are some that are, that get some fringe use, but it is such a you know a a, a rich and poor uh, part of the book. Unfortunately, um, I mean, in my in my opinion, I don't even think horrible gets should exist. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So I mean, did they, did you're they, fixing they, a problem that they took away. I don't know, <laughs> I don't understand why they did that. Did they did they take obsec off cultists? Did they take all obsec off? I mean, uh, they did, did they take obsecs off blue horrors? No, the blue horrors. Uh, actually, I don't think blue horrors are obsec. And blue blue horse and brimstones. I don't think are obsec, but they can't. Or they can't do actions. One or the other. I can't remember. But you know, they didn't follow through with doing this same nerf on other Gretchen esque units. You know, maybe conscripts. Hopefully, conscripts don't get obsec. If, if you know, just to be flow on from this, please conscripts have obsec. But you know what I mean. Like they didn't follow through with this as a building. Why did they? Why did they nerf this unit? That didn't need to happen. And it took them a year to even drop the points on them, so they cost just as much as a cultist. It was stupid. They were five points a model, yeah? Yeah. G-Dub had this thing at the start of ninth edition where they, they wanted every wound to be a minimum of five points per model. Up until the new secondaries came out, I hated Gretchen with the Passion. You find a way to not run them. Well, and yet there was... Well, I think I think this is a result of what eighth edition was where you didn't take any boys. There was no no reason to take boys. You just took gruts, took gruts by because they had the, the grot shield strat. They did everything boys did. You got you got what boys gave you in so many other ways and so many other places that uh yeah. It'll be the same it's the same as Chaos Space Marines, same as same as Scouts were to Tactical Marines last edition as well. Um so yeah, I do think unfortunately this is a miss just by dint of how few of these options see play. But please I would love for you to tell me I'm wrong. Be like, hey Adam, shut up, you don't know shit. Yeah, I unfortunately can't tell you wrong outside like really edge cases um, where it's like something gets slightly better. Like a like the the a boom boys was bomb is about the only other thing that see common. That's only if you see the army right now, which not a lot of people run. Secretly good, but not a lot of people run it. All right, transitioning down to the custom jobs. Give us the TLDR of this of this section. Uh, it's mostly terrible. Correct. This is a loss. I knew you were. This is gar. It's it's gar. It's never almost never worth the points. Like it, I've I haven't taken a custom job on anything um, in a very long time. Um, Stompomatic pistons. If you do choose to run a dread, is like the take. But no, just don't run them. They're not worth the points. It's it's ridiculous. You should almost get one of these for free. 
if you're taking like mono orcs or something. Um, Nitro Scriggs was the the bee's knees back when the, in the Freebooters book and back when before they you know Rucker Trucks got their what their third or fourth round of nerfs or whatever the crap it was. But um, yeah, post that I post Freebooters I haven't seen any of these that made that made that I needed to pay attention to essentially. Yeah, like there there was a, there were, in theory some of them were cool like the one where they swing at you they can on a four up they take D three mortals. Um, there there was like thoughts of coolness there but everything's too expensive um it was like why would i ever do that when i just run another model of this or if i for the cost of these two custom jobs i get another group of gretchen no you don't you don't run them no one you're not gonna you're almost never gonna see them on the board uh when they were rumored to be free everybody got excited but like, yeah. why are we getting excited about something that's not even that good in the first place well exactly right i said one of them could be free like because you could almost give people back that feeling of having something for, for free when none of them are good but anyway uh next up we have the stratagem section uh when i first reviewed this book i was incredulous at the stratagem section i thought this was uh, an absolute travesty because naturally i was comparing it to admech who and, and to a lesser extent also, Grain Eyes and T-Suns, who had phenomenal stratagem sections, which came out directly prior to this one. Uh, and not only, did, for some reason, did Orcs get one less page of stratagems, most of those other books I just mentioned have four pages of stratagems, as in two spreadsheet pages, double double page. Uh, you guys have three. You guys have a whole le- like page less stratagems than everyone else, for no apparent reason. Yeah, it's, it's an absolute... Like, like I said, a travesty. It almost felt like I was being stolen from when yeah. this happened. And the two, two at insult injury, a lot of these stratagems are replacing abilities that I already had for free. Already had exactly right. You pay now, you're paying a resource for something you just used to get. You just used to get it. It's like, it's, it's, it's like mm. that was free. What do you mean? What do you mean? I need yeah. to, I get to roll two dice and pick up that. That used to just be my charge. Like, why does that? Why do I not get that anymore? What do you mean? I have a bad, insane bravery that does D3 mortals that I used to get as an aura for free. Like, like the fact that, that some of my strategies are just stuff I had anyway. Um, and now I have to pay for it. It's stupid. Yep. Um, any of these like secret build arounds or any of these better than people think I barely pay attention when all players say they're using CP because none of them have made, have, have apart from, crump them good for goths where you explode on fives i haven't had to respect any of these stratagem usages the best thing i always thought orcs could do with their strats is buy more relics and baller traits uh, so sorry with their with their cp but i mean any of these secretly amazing what do you use game by game so game by game uh especially with my list um flat three damage on mega knobs is hit them harder is a uh, is going to be Something I do pretty often. Um, the exploding fires pretty often. Ramming speed is something I always have to tell my opponent about during the gotcha phase, during the explanation. I'm like, hey, my killer can move 18 and easily accomplish an 11, 12 inch charge. Please be aware of that. Um, so ramming speed is obviously very important. There's Kareem is secretly like one of those uh, things that you don't want to gotcha your opponent uh, on. I'm a, so, fan yeah. of, I'm a fan of Kareem. <laughs> I think that's, well, it's, you can't build your list around it, but it's a hell of a lot of fun when it goes down. Yeah, you're not you're not building your list around that. Um, you know, fight on death is 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 you kind of have to factor it in. It's it's your free interrupt sometimes. Those those are the ones you're going to see the most often. But everything else, it's not it's not doesn't wow you. Um, if you're running freebooters, you have the ability to make something obsec for, which was kind of fun tech to do. Um, you, you technically still do something with that with that one, but uh, they're they're all relatively uh, not that great, and they're all too expensive. Everything is double what it should cost like so I, many i don't know why so don't many know why cost two. pretty basic utility stratagems that would cost one everywhere else cost two here and i can't i can't tell you why that is i think um 
the biggest shortfall of this book is the stratagem section. Um, everything else I think is okay to decent to good, and the stratagem section is actually woeful. Um, it's it's ter- straight up terrible. <laughs> the, it, all the best stratagems are with the clans, right? Yeah, the some of the best strat. Well, the there's there's some to lock to units, and there's one I want to point out. I want to pick out the uh, the tremor shaker, uh, the tremor shells that you can shoot from the kill rig. That's actually like some secret tech sometimes that comes up that definitely comes up when I can have someone's move and minus their charge. So that's, that does come up. That's a little one CP one that people, when I drop it on people, they had no idea it even existed. That's cool. And if it stops like a response force or a can or assault unit, people are just like, haha, I'm just going to get to do this. Yeah. With, that's the, pretty with the big cool. bricks are chosen, the big bricks are chosen and everything else that currently in the meta. Yeah. Well, they, that, that thing does work. That's so. yeah, it's terrifying. Um, all right. Jumping down to the wall of traits. I'm, I'm okay with these wall of traits. Most of the time I, I wish there was one that uh, was a bit more of a force multiplier. Because well, if there is if there is a force multiplier in here, I don't know about it. All I really know is hard as nail, brilliant, and brutal McCunnan. That's literally. I don't, I'm not even looking at the section. Those are the only two that I really know about. I, I dislike the fact that some of the best stuff in orcs is locked to like specific uh, specific warlord traits tied to the clan. Because I'd like to be able to run you know more than one of them, like. Uh, like faster than you use out of the evil sons. I love that trait. The ability to just like pick a unit, you get advanced charge, and you get all these like cool little missiles you can do. I hate the fact that that's that that's clan locked. I wish that was takeable by anyone. Um, uh, and like, there's been times where I've ran like big killer boss uh, when you know knights were becoming kind of a kind of a bigger deal. But some of the cooler stuff you don't really get the opportunity to take because it's clan locked. Uh, but you always have you know the, brut- the brutal but cunning, obviously uh, proper killy. You know. It's, the trait that Gaskell takes. Uh, that's actually come up a lot with the AOC being a thing because Nake 5 AP um, is now relevant. So uh, <laughs> you can actually need it these days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nake uh, 5. But outside, outside that, you have the obvious, you have the obvious, you have the obvious winners, which are, you know, which are Art, Art is Nails, uh, Brutal but Cunning. Those are the ones you're going to see. Yeah, exactly right. Um, how, are any of the Beast Snagger Wooler traits or the Speed Freak Wooler traits any good at all? Um, the, the beast, the beast one, uh, let's see, I gotta look them up again really quick. I don't <laughs> even know them I'm looking at it right now. The one, the one that stands yeah. out to me is the, the squig one where you get one, just a six inch aura plus one damage on your, your squig jaw attacks. Oh, I've, uh, I've ran that before. Actually. Yeah. I ran it on a, since you can throw that on a kill rig, um, you can, uh, you can pump up a bunch of squigs with that. So I've, uh, I've toyed around with it. The reason I, I cut it is because I kept forgetting about it. <laughs> I kept forgetting yeah. I had it. Cause that's, uh, so I, I cut I cut it because literally I literally forgot the proc on it the majority of the time. I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna I'm, I'm not gonna bother to remember this. So I literally dropped it and put it and moved to moved to like a different relic or something else. Because that's exactly what this section is missing. This section is missing a catch all baseline um, increase to something. It's it's missing a six up uh, feel no pain or it's missing a, a lieutenant or it's missing a plus one advance and charge or it's missing something to just increase everybody a little bit. Um, which is yeah, you have the you have the lieutenant order for speed mob. Which is kind of yep. cool, but yep. that's not it. Fair enough. Um, overall, uh, what's your verdict on the wall of traits? Uh, hit or a miss? Uh, they're a hit. They're a big part of the codex, and you know the even though uh, Dark Eldar had it first, uh, <laughs> um is going to be like the best trait you're going to throw on anything killer you need. Yeah, exactly right. I, I totally agree with that. Um, all right, power of the war discipline is up next. Uh, this one has your um, the jump in. It has warpath. Um, the rest of them, never heard of them, never seen them. It's kind of hilarious. Uh, Fifth of Gork is super important. Yeah, t- 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 tell me why. 
Uh, Fist of Gork is the one that like jazzes up a character for plus two attacks and plus two strength. So you throw that on yeah. Warboss and Bike. Uh, he goes to strength 16. Um, he's cranking out eight attacks during the wall, and you pop him on exploding pies with brutal but cunning. Um, you're you know you're pump, you're popping in 11, 12 attacks into something, and those do proc into being you know tried again during the the, the, the brutal but cunning stage. So that's, they don't explode during that stage, but like he, this guy with that buff, uh, he kills he kills the Questorus Knight, no problem. Like, sure. um, but do you have to you have to take this um, this this one has to be on weird boys, yeah? Can't be on the word boys or the kill rigs. It's locked to weird boys, and I'm currently running Fist of Gork and and uh, and the jump as like utility. And when I don't always need those spells, so he's often also just like my psychic ritual or psychic interrogation uh, dude. Fantastic, good to know. Uh, but yeah, it's so funny that was it Eighth Edition when Warpath and the jump came out in the index um, on the weird boy. They were the two powers the weird boy had in the index, yeah. And they're still. <laughs> For just jokes that it, well, they made the other spells worse. I don't know I why know, like, they made know. the other spells worse. <laughs> they, they were they were better previously. I know it's amazing. Just like there's the same two powers that are worth remembering. As 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 a non-orc player, I remember Warpath and the Jump, and that encapsulates like 85 percent of all knowledge I need to have about the orc psychic phase, and has been that way for six freaking years. It's hilarious. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's. It, it, they're good, but they're the same. So exactly, yeah. it's still a, it's still a hit for me. I think uh, any psychic discipline that has a freaking gate or to jump is just good. It's just damn good, like really powerful. Love the tool, always going to have it. Yeah, exactly right. Um, tell us a little bit about the beast head disciplines. This only can be taken on the word boys and the kill rigs. Yeah, yeah. This one actually has a bit more like utility. Um, yeah, and it has my has my new favorite spell on it, uh, Squiggly Curse. Um, that that spells bonkers um so it uh you roll and for some reason they worded it differently from every other like cap out psychic one where you roll dice capping at six dice not six portals capping at six dice for each model in a unit so if they got 10 guys you still only roll six um on a on a four up you deal a mortal wound as you kill a model every unit within three inches of that unit that you know lost a model also takes a single mortal wound so it's the easiest way to splash Mortals around on you know low wound count things on top of characters everything else so like again I've ran into like you know giant you know uh, cultist spam and rat yeah. spam yep. over 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 the season and like it's I, I cast that spell and they finally realize what it does and they're like oh it ends up being <laughs> twelve plus mortal wounds randomly well, well I've seen a like I mean I've I've commentated a game where one kill rig with frazzle and squiggly curse because they can cast two yeah yeah they get cast yeah. two. It just rocks up into a big nugget of Sangard characters and Death Company and just pops off Squiggly Kirk and the Frazzle and does like 16, 17 freaking mortal wounds somehow. And it's hilarious when it happens. Um, apart from that, yeah, I did point out Frazzle, which is essentially it's just like a, a nine inch pulse of a four plus to take uh, uh, D3 mortal wounds. Are there any other really big powers here? Um, Spirit of Gork is going to be the common uh, blessing you see taken here. Uh, that buffs the other uh, Swig Jaws, uh, gives him an additional gives him an additional attack. It also has him do mortal wounds on sixes uh, to wound, so um, that gives you like a little bit extra gas against uh, against tough things. Um, so I take I take Spirit of Gork uh, as as one of my as one of my picks. The other uh, piece that um, I used to take but can't really find room for because the other spells are too good. Um, would be like Aurora Mork because that's that stacks with the Tremor Shell. Mm -hmm. um, oh, if you want to like snap. super slow somebody down, 
so you can you can really you can make them minus four on their charges and a half move and everything else. So you could you could you could you could build on that if you really want to. I currently don't. Fair, totally fair. Um, I think beast beast heads better personally better than the uh, powers of the wild. Most because the the units that you take them on are things that are intrinsic to the best builds. Yeah, because it's pretty much because of the kill rigs. Yeah, because just because of the kill rigs, uh, there'd be no reason, real reason to run a, a war boy when you just run a kill rig. Because kill rig's like what 120 points more. Um, yeah, you just run, you just run a kill rig. It's a lot more orc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I still think I think both the psychic disciplines are actually pretty good. Uh, jumping down to the relics, um, I have been pretty impressed with the relics. I mean, four of these I have seen throughout the life of this codex. But tell us your impressions, brother. Um, the four you're thinking of uh, being like the you know the can, can you claw, guess yep, the claw, the chopper, yep, um, the 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 the, the mantle, yes. Um, can you get the last and, one? Uh, probably Cyborg Body. Correct. Mentioned. Correct, my man. Exactly. Uh, the, there's the four. The other two, don't even know what they are. <laughs> uh, or the other cr three. Crushing, ar cr crushing Armor, um, if you if you do run that Mega Boss, I don't really like that Mega Boss that much. Uh, if you run him, that, that's actually quite good in the Blood Axe style of list where you need him to be durable and have a one-up save. Um, that one's kind of an important piece if you're running Blood Axes. Uh and then the Bad School banner was like secret tech during the Freebooter stage. Um, I made some plays of the game, just like jamming up the field, denying everybody obsec, and then spending a CP to give my guys obsec and yeah, stealing. Uh, so like there, there, there are plays to be made, but they're, they don't make those plays currently. Um, kill, the Killer Claw still makes every book, just about every army, yeah. Yeah, you, you, if you have somebody able to take it, yes. The problem is that like you have your trike, he can't take it because he doesn't have a power claw. You can't throw it on your beast. So like once again, you're limited. You're limited in the bosses you can take. You sometimes run in a situation where you can't run it. But if you can take it, you do. Hundred uh, percent. What's what's your what's the second pick? I mean, Nephilim has meant people are a lot more starved for relics. What's the second one that makes the cut um, most of the time for you? Um, so if you're running, if you're not running the claw, it probably means you're running a beast snagger unit. Uh, and you're going to run beast head mantle. Um, that gives you the five up field of pain and the uh, plus one attack. So, uh, in combination with Arda's nails, you get a super tanky Squigasaur that you know ten terminators can't even kill. So, oh, dude, Squigasaurs have given me nightmares. I've been like, oh, cool, I'm I'm going to table this orc army in you know two and a half turns, and I kill everything except these two squig bosses, um, Squigasaurs, and they just rampage through my army for like. I mean, the orc players enjoying the hell out of this. By the way, they're like. They've been tabled and like, well, I'm just going to have these two squigasaurs that you just can't deal with, just rovel stomp on you. Anyway, um, getting sidetracked. Uh, the Super Cyborg, uh, you're right, Super Cyborg, I do remember a little bit of the crushing armor at the start, but they seem to have dropped off the more Truck Boys has dropped off, yeah? Like, without, without being uh, able to, like, a, a war boss on foot just doesn't seem to cut it at the moment. No, not re not really. And as I said you're gonna only really see them in the Blood X build, that's a rare build to see. And it's also, it's a high skill cap build. You're not I, I don't recommend that army. Recommend that army for someone picking up orcs. What about help us kill chopper? Where does that find its home? Um, that one actually uh, finds home randomly because you can throw that on the like random uh, uh, knob on smash the squeak. You don't need to find a war boss so he doesn't steal that slot essentially. Uh, so he that, that often ends up on either the boss on Squigasaur, uh, either a second boss on Squigasaur if you're running a tanky one or the attacky one, uh, or you throw him on the beast snake. Uh, 
And then you can also boost him to do like flat four damage with a stratagem. Yep, fantastic. Um, all right. Uh, I think because like it's actually crazy to say, but over fifty percent of a relic, a relic, the relic portion of a book is takeable. Is actually really good. I mean, in Nockman, usually saw two to three relics per army because there was just that many worth taking. And like we said, there's no reason to hold onto your CP for stratagem usage because they're just not that many you want to use. So, but the fact that more than half of this is really good. I mean, in any other book, some of this stuff is would be game breaking. Like Beast Hide Mantle, plus one attack and a five feel no pain. Like, and the Super Cyborg, um, half damage and a four plus invuln on a unit that didn't have an invuln. Insane, insane. Uh, all right, jumping down to the secondaries. All right, by all means, talk about this in two waves. Um, how were these secondaries upon release, and what were your thoughts on them? Uh, they were not good. <laughs> um, stomp, yeah. stomp them good. Well, you, yeah, you, the book secondaries were mostly just better. And this is when you can only run one book secondary anyway. So it's like the question was, am I running stomp them good or not? Which is usually the question. Um, and if you weren't running stomp them good, you definitely weren't doing any. Other. Correct. How is your, what are your impressions of them in the Nephilim book? Nephilim. Oh my God. Night and day. Um, I the Nephilim secondaries are all takeable. They're all good. I almost for a long time there sometimes exclusively run orc secondaries. Uh, I've changed my list a little bit where that's not as easy to do because the biggest and the best is a little bit dangerous on Gasgill. Um, but other than that, no, that's it's night and day. Get the good bits is amazing. Um, Green Tide is a is an excellent defensive stratagem that like gods just score you points on every turn. It's so much better than any of the other like. Uh, Battlefield supremacy ones, um, and it stomp them good. Still great, like and with the with how powerful they are post data slate, um, and how stompy you actually are compared to how stompy other armies are. You definitely it's easy it's easy to pull off stomp them good. Hundred percent. Um, I mean, I I barely ever see an orc player not take not be not taking a minimum of two. Um, and oh, get the good bits is almost ubiquitous now. Like you write it in before you even <laughs> before any before you even know what mission yeah, you're playing sometimes. I'll- Outside, uh, outside abandoned sanctuaries. So just the only, that's the only mission where I even think about not taking it. That's, that's the um, is that, that's, that's, it, the, that's it. That's the dawn of war with only one in your deployment zone. Yeah. 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 Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Everything else <laughs> is in the middle. Well, I hope, hope this Gretchen make it to the midway point of the table. <laughs> it's just, yep. Yeah. It's freaking hard to do. Um, tell us about the biggest and the best. Why is that one um, some, somewhat dropped off for yourself? Um, so with Gaskell not having lookouts, sir, uh, I don't have free protection. Um, and a good player that really wants to like get at it and deny me those points has yep. the ability to do that. Yeah. Even if I, you know, I, I do my best to not make that happen. Uh, and I also need my 300 points on the field doing things. I can't just be hiding him, yep. uh, to get 10 sec, you know, 10 secondary points for hanging out on that objective. There was a while there when I was running Swigasaur or even a foot boss in the early parts of Nephilim, uh, where it was really nice just to have just like, Oh, he's going to go sit over here and he's going to score yeah. points and there's nothing you can do. To, and he's going to babysit the Gretchen that are also get, getting the good bits. Mm. Um, and that little combo right there is going to score me 25 secondary. Well, that's exactly right. Cause the, people just can't send over nonsense to pick up your Gretchen now. Cause the, the war boss will eat him. But at the same time, the, and, and, and you could, you could, that war boss could just be like with a claw, right? Um, doesn't even, yeah. doesn't even need to be mega armor or a beast boss. You just need him to be high toughness with some wounds. So 10 intercessors, yep. five intercessors don't come around the corner and pick him up. Um, which is very easy to do. I'm actually really high. I am really high, especially after watching um, and calling a couple of your games at SoCal. Really high on the Orc secondaries. Uh, if anybody wants to 
see like a master at work go check out how ben uh uses those secondaries in that tower game that he won by one freaking point by the way uh very impressive my dude yeah that uh that, that i made a couple of small mistakes in that game i'm happy i still pulled it out by a couple of points but yeah i i was i was i was uh grinning grinning my teeth and i was like oh i might have i might have screwed this one up <laughs> Fair. Um, data sheet abilities. You already talked about. Here we go. I wish Ramshackle was more relevant. Um, is there anything they could think they could have done to make Ramshackle actually matter? Because right now it's just Ram- like, uh, sorry. Ramshackle's Ramshackle's actually one of the most OP things I'm running right really? now. Honest, really, really. I've I've, yeah, nev- the- I've never looked at an orc vehicle and then uh, well, sorry, I've never tried to kill an orc vehicle and failed this so far this edition. But I'm so, playing a lot of Raven so for Ring. example, bull crap. Yeah, for example, well, I mean, there's times where there's armies that does nothing against you and you can ignore the fact that it exists. Yeah. And then you have situations like, I will push my kill rigs into your possessed because they're going to do single damage. Um, yeah. I will, I will, I will definitely eat repentance charges. Yes. I will, you know, the fact that all these things, you know, the fact that happens in melee is super key. Uh, the Harlequin matchup, they're shooting a bunch of shuriken cannons into my ramshackle stuff. I could care less. That's like, true. Single, da- single damage all day. Um, it it makes the, that match so much harder for them, uh, and I have like things that you normally would never like screen or push up into like repentance. It's like cool, do do eight ten damage to my uh, to my kill rig and have it kill your repentance in return. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is fine. <laughs> um, I will say I do love. So we're up to we're talking about the attachment ability, of course. Um, big issue, big issue I have is why they got to do mob rule so dirty. Why? Why? Think, why they take it from something that was actually good and would have mattered to making orcs suffer from morale almost, almost the worst in the game. Like they did us so dirty in leadership between taking away a war boss yeah. as that yep. mattered between putting it on a stupid two CP stratagem, mind you, um, and then they take away they do that that mob rule meant to you, and then you know you don't have anything that affects attrition met attrition points, and then you have Gretchen that run away on ones and twos anyway, like. There's just so much like stuff stacked against orcs on the leadership side of things that like my chaos knight matchup is randomly way tougher than it should be just because oh. leadership is such a rough aspect of my army. Perfectly said, dude. I was about to say there are some armies that function off leadership, and for some reason they are you know trash tier nothing against stuff like tyranids who have who are able to take just hordes of crap and, and none of it cares, and then orcs who should be able to take hordes of crap literally can't. I've not seen a a, a, a more than a unit of 10 of any orc unit in this book because there is no way to mitigate the morale issues like i mean yeah, it's it's crazy yeah it's a it's a little weird there there's there's like a small edge case and i always point out edge cases because i have to love it i, I love it. like a runt herder a runt herder with a bunch of gretchen because i did build a 300 gretchen list in testing um that that does work that does do that does do work but outside that like they're you don't have real counters to any of it. You no longer have the ability just to sh- take some mortals and shrug it off. And like in wor- world with like buggies and such, like when my you lose two buggies and another buggy runs away, that's such a bad feeling. Uh, it's oh my god, it's, it's the garbage. worst ever. It's garbage. They shouldn't even take morale. Like the buggies should just be immune. Um, same as the killer cans. Like it's just it. It was the fact that mob rule was so horrifically bad in this was just the death knell to the the the, the orc horde. It has to be horde by dint of units now, which. It's fair enough. It's in keeping with how some of the better ways to play the game. But you see freaking like, I mean, I'm, I'm in Australia. I've got some very strong, extremely strong Tyranid and GSC players. And seeing GSC players just having like sometimes 180 models and just immu- almost immune to morale for all, all intents and purposes. And then seeing an Orc player who's like, oh, 
killed. You just have a day where you roll bad. You're like, oh, yeah. cool. I rolled a roll a six. I guess I guess my other two swig ups run away. Oops. Oh, dude, mega knobs. I've 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 run mega knobs like that. I oh, you had a you had a unit of five. I killed three. The other two are gone. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yes. I, I do not. Uh, I do not like how many points I lose to leadership. I will definitely put that out. There. It's 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 terrible. All right, uh, and because of that, this is a miss. These are all good quality. Like here we go. I uh, thank you for telling me that that ramshackle is relevant, and because you're right, it is. The examples you gave are spot on. Um, and the beast, the beast nagger, um rules are actually really good too. Getting an invuln when you don't have an invuln, and then plus one to hit against vehicles and monsters. Really thematic. Really fluffy. Um, not that I think you needed it. Like it's a buff that I don't think orcs particularly yeah. needed, but it's nice. It's, a, it's an up over the edge, and it combos specifically with gobs because, like, when you have you're hitting on twos and exploding sixes, that's a hundred percent hit rate. Yeah. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, so it it it, it, it it's very thematic. Very flows very well. Um, and gives me really good answers. All right, jumping down to the one we need to unpack, the WAR. So tell us, tell us, were you in love with the WAR when it first uh, came out, and what are your impressions of it now? When the WAR first came out, I was like, why would you limit everything I can do with a war boss aura? Mm-hmm. Um, with the exception of like the plus, the plus attack, I, I fell in love with the plus attack, plus strength. Um, I fell in love with that. Uh, no, no, it doesn't have plus strength to be just plus attack. Um, I like that. I was like, okay, cool. You. you you move something from having a bunch of boys getting a plus attack to moving this. Now my 10 men units are relevant. Yep. Awesome. Because uh, I, I like that. I like making smaller units of stuff good. I was like, oh, it hits, it's making it up. So I got excited about the plus attack. But I'm like, I was not in love with the putting advanced charge on the single turn you call it when I could just have a war boss that just gave that. So yeah. was never a fan. Was never a fan of that. And to this day, I think I think both sides of the wall should have advanced charge. Um, I, but oh well. I, 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 Entirely, I entirely freaking agree. I mean, they were giving it out like candy um, before this book. Like, Advance and Charge was all over the game. Uh, we had Sakarans doing it. We had the entire, well, the entire Drakari book doing it. We had White Scars doing it. We had like so many factions just getting it. And then they're like, the army, this should pretty much, you wouldn't, you wouldn't cry. You wouldn't like fall down, like chuck a tantrum because Orcs had Advance and Charge all game. You literally wouldn't. It would be like, oh yeah, that's kind of fair enough. Maybe they don't get real charges if they advance a charge all game. But you know, here we are. They and get it's, it. It's weirdly written too because you have like it hits core character. So yeah. why it it, it it my killer can do it because they're character. Uh-huh. Um, but my <laughs> my fast buggies that they can't do it. My battle no, wagon can't do no, it. No. Yeah. My bikers, my bikers that they're not a character, they can't do it. At least in, you know, not without the the, the supplement book. It's weird. <laughs> it's real weird, man. It's real weird. Uh, Speedwire. I mean, as soon as Freebooters died, I haven't seen a Speedwire since. But is it any good? It's it's lower tiered. It is playable, but lower tiered because there there's there's argument for a gas based uh, Great Wah based around shooting um, because yes. you do get that 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 army wide invuln that um, and, and such. It's just not as good as everything else. Uh, so there's no real reason to run it. So I, I'm, you mentioned the changes just then. Might as well just tell everybody what changed with the the Wah now, and we'll cover how different it is. Um, so the wall now uh, gives army-wide invul of a five up on turn one, uh, or the, from the command page you call it the next command page. Shouldn't say turn because it's confusing. And then on the second round of it, um, it ticks down to a six up invul. Yep. Uh, it also adds a plus strength to everything, along with the original plus attack and advanced charge on on step one. Uh, and then with the great wild, because you have Gaskell, uh, you have the extra AP and extra DACA shots on turn one, and there's extra AP on turn two. Really, really big increase. Um, the involve 
I think they could have just stopped at the involve, but I'm happy they didn't because the rest of it feels good as well. Uh, this was this is it's been a cornerstone of I think of why players like yourself who you know were doing extremely well with Orcs prior to this just got that extra that extra bit. Yeah, it is on the table. It is the biggest difference maker. Um, the only time there's ever a field bad is going second and getting a bunch of shooting into me where I don't have that vibe of invulnerable. Uh, but there's between like the counter charges and how much more durable I am. Um, I didn't. I I definitely underestimated how big of a difference it would make, and yep. it's made a much bigger difference than I thought it would. And it's it's huge. It's huge. It, it used to be that I would play against orcs, and I know this for a bunch of other players. You put out just enough stuff to make them call the war, so they'd send their whole army out, and then you just get to kill the whole army. <laughs> They just well, they're out now, and they killed you know less than their points, or you know some stuff I could afford to lose without giving away my killing power, and then just pick up the army. Now you pick up one third less of the army, and you have some problems. And all those things that used to just ice orcs, dude. There's nothing nothing sweeter than when I used to run two or three talent masters and played against orcs because there's like they're, they, disgusting. They move like ridiculous amount of inches. They're, you're never going to get to charge them, and they just pick up every squad. It's, and, it's and, so and stupid. And no saves. No, no saves yeah, at all. Yeah, it's the perfect. Uh, Perfect profiles, yeah. It's a uh, yeah. No, I I actually am in time, am in places now where I if I know I'm gonna eat a really rough shooting phase, um, that I'll even if I'm not gonna make like more than one or two charges, I'm gonna call the Y anyway. I've, just for the yeah, durability. I've started seeing the, like, the, the 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 not the the try and win the game war, but the tactical war, which I think's a yeah. very interesting talking point we might get into in part two. Like, when do you call it? How do you make that decision? Because it is a big it is a big point. Like, oh, I'm bad. It is a huge part of the. Is a huge part of orcs. Um, yeah. Definitely a huge part is when to call war. Hundred percent. Um, all right. I think this is an absolute win. The war is a win, especially in its current form. I think it was still a win before, just because. I mean, <laughs> what you're not going to not yeah. have the war. <laughs> you, know? um, you, you, you need it. It's definitely yeah. Um, and now we're into the data sheets, my dude. So breaking these down, um, and I did say at the start that I felt like because some of the factions, some of the portions of this book were a little bit on the hollow side, that it would live and die by how good its data sheets were. And I feel like some of that has held true. Like when the data sheets were insane, a la the, all the buggies, when they were super undercosted, um, the book was bonkers. The book was the best in the game at the time. Um, and they still have some really good data sheets. But which are your ghost twos? Which, uh, which are the things that you think really shine? And tell me about squig bombs. Uh, so the unit that, that shines the brightest as far as point, I look at point per wound uh, yep. type of deal and, you know, point per pound as far as what they're going to do. And that's the squig hug boys. They're, they stick out the biggest and brightest 25 points per model. Uh, during the wall, you're looking at seven attack coming out of them out of uh, several different profiles. Um, they get the carry aforementioned squig bomb. Uh, and, you know, in goths, they're swinging strength eight, uh, neg two, flat two. Um, they are absolutely nuts for 25 points a model. They are the brightest shining data sheet um, for a small for a small unit, and they do everything you need them to do. And they're core. With the bomb squeak they carry, that rule is nuts. Um, it is. So they, it's not it's not a shooting attack. It's an ability that happens during shooting phase when you shoot. Um, on a three up, uh, you can pick a target within 12 inches. It doesn't matter about line of sight. Doesn't uh-huh. care about lookouts here. Uh, and on a three up, takes D3 mortals. Uh, you, if it's a vehicle, it happens to go off on a two-up. Um, so I've had some really nuts turns where I'm picking up multiple characters a turn. I've had turns where I need to like, where I had a big knight shoved down my throat and it just eats, you know, 14 plus mortal wounds and I kill it with something small. Yep. Um, it's the, the amount of plays of the game that could be related to bomb squigs are infinite. They, they make, they make more big plays for me 
than most anything else in the list. So cool. <laughs> um, it's it, visually like as a, as a commentator and a spectator, um, the imagining just like someone calling out like unleash the hounds and then everyone just like pulls out their bomb squig from their patch and just lobs like 20 squigs into a into yeah. a unit just imagining that happening on the table is, is is a very fun exercise um what is another data sheet that you think really shines at the moment that people should know about um a kill rig at 190 points is the kindest gift that gw has given me in a long time um and i'd like to thank them <laughs> <laughs> Um, at 16 wounds, damage reduction, psyker, good in melee, good at shooting with an auto-hitting last cannon, and a transport, it's like the Swiss army knife of things, period. Um, if they weren't so big, I'd run more, but I have, I run two just because of their size. Uh, they're, they're absolutely stupid. And when you look at them compared to like a demon prince or something, it's like, what the heck were they thinking? I totally agree. They are, they are almost the catch-all of the orc army they do everything an orc army wants to do the other you, you point on the perfect thing though the biggest issue they have is negotiating terrain they're just freaking gigantic and despite moving 12 somehow don't feel that fast because when they're not advancing and charging um but like you said you can you can make them charge extra move extra with um uh certain stratagems and the fact the fact is yeah back to the strats they have possibly the best suite of utility strats of of the book um, so once again, they get to activate a portion of the book that everyone else is just void on, apart from maybe Mega Knobs. Um, but yeah, I'm huge on kill rigs. Give us one more uh, orc data sheet to extrapolate on before we close out. The commando. <laughs> the commando, um, beautiful. Uh, as uh, as mentioned in my uh, my interview with you at the end of SoCal Open, they are the secret sauce to current goth pressure lists, in my opinion. They carry they carry aforementioned bomb squig. Um, they have a bunch of secret rules to them. Um, they have really cool war gear. Uh, plus one to wound in terrain is incredibly relevant. Uh, so like just the amount of volume you can bring on exploding fives plus one wound into literally any data sheet well, in the game. Um, is silly. And speaking to your commanders, because you took two tens and a five, and a lot of people don't didn't really respect the damage they were going to do because they they go to strength five, strength six in the war turn with plus one to wound. That's everything in the game on a four or better. Everything. I don't care what you are. It's we're winning you on a four or better. Most of the time, it's a three or a freaking two. Uh, they just pop off. And I, <laughs> there are some. I mean, one, uh, some foresight from yourself. But you know, with Leviathan going away, all of a sudden, commando. What commandos do to Tyranid warriors is freaking nuts. Uh, the the amount of pain that they can put on them in a turn. In addition, do you get sorry, bomb squeaks? Is it one per five guys in a unit, or how does it work? It's one per. It's one per ten. Um, I felt yep. that I, I was running three groups of 10 for a little while there. Yep. I changed my list around to fit Gazin and uh, Commando's got a little bit of a cut. Felt, felt 20 was still good. Felt five bomb squeak was still good. Obviously was. Um, and the little five man that is just there uh, to do, to do missions and hold other corners yep. uh, and do, and do, and do a, a, a get the good bits activation on turn one. When sometimes I'm working on Gretchen getting to this. Perfect, perfectly pointed out. How many more points than a boy is a commando? Uh, two. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you you definitely and they're only yeah you, you definitely commandos over boys all day every day Dude. all the with, with between the, the extra cover save and everything uh -huh. else too. Um, like you you definitely take everything. So for two more points than a boy. You get to infiltrate, forward deploy, nine inches away. You get plus two to your save when in cover rather than plus one, which which is a big, big thing for orcs. So nonsense bolters 
don't just auto kill you, you get a four plus save. And then throat slitters, they get the plus one to wound. Like the plus one to wound would be enough to justify three to four points more than a boy by itself, let alone the rest oh, of the package. I lied to you, it's three points. Three points. It's, it's, it's oh, eight, for eight shame. Total. One point. I, I, haven't, I haven't ran a regular boy in a long time. It's two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but one point, for th- one point per amazing starter sheet special rule, this is fine. This is very fine. All right, my dude, that's going to close us out. But I think we 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 ended on the strongest bit because 100% the data sheets hold so much of the power for this book. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I wanted to talk about knobs on Smasher Squeaks because I just think, I don't know why I don't see more of them. Maybe you'll tell me in part two. I'll ask you I'll ask you again that in part two. Please come over and join us. Ben, you've been an absolute champion. Where do you think this book is overall? I think you said it's a BB plus, but um, we do usually do two metrics upon which we rate things. You know, we do the usual competitive, you know, uh, F to S T or whatever. We usually do a score out of ten for how happy orc players or the player of that faction should be with with this with this piece of content. How happy should orc players be with their codex as it sits right now? I, a solid seven. Solid seven. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I think I'm thinking about the same. I think I could even go a little bit higher, but uh, we'll talk about that more in part two. Please come over and join us if you're at all interested in your or goodness. It'll be over on the Art of War Dan Under on Patreon or over on the Art of War 40k.com website. Ben, once again, anything else you'd like to plug before we uh, check out? Um, I'd just like to thank everyone for listening, and I'd actually just like to plug the entire community. Uh, the Since I've won the SoCal Open, the general uh, community consensus, which was like, "Hey, player matters" and such like that. So I that that just makes me feel really good, and it was really nice to see people say nice things about me. So I I can't help but say thanks. Hundred percent, you are a people's champion, uh, my good sir. And if I have any say on the matter, you'll definitely be uh, on on stream for one of the first rounds of LVO. Um, if you're going, right. I know you're a Nevada local, so I'm assuming you're going, but, uh, I will definitely be there. <laughs> cannot wait, my dude. Uh, come over and join us on part two. We're going to talk about what Ben might be taking. Uh, we're also going to uh, unpack a bunch of listener questions and talk about orcs into the current meta of, uh, post-balanced data slate Nephilim. So yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. There will be, hold fast. I know you might think it's over. You're probably looking at that YouTube timer and be like, Adam, it's f- there's 58 minutes gone in this episode, but there's still 20 minutes left, as it says on YouTube. What could possibly be coming? Well, I actually am slapping on an interview with Richard Siegler on the, on the end of this with his updated thoughts on the Votan Codex, because naturally we released that review, comprehensive review cover to cover, and literally two days later, GW nerfed it. So, you know, it's no longer quite quite relevant. And one of my patrons asked very nicely, should, could I get Richard back on? Took me a couple of weeks to get him back on, but stay tuned for that interview straight after this one. And yeah, hope you guys enjoyed it. Ben, say goodnight. Good night, everyone. See you soon, guys. Well, hello. Welcome to this little saucy bonus we uh, slapped on the end of the episode. Uh, I don't know if this is coming out on 116 or 117, but at the request of one of my patrons, this is for you, especially you. You know who you are. You requested this. You asked for this. I've got Richard Siegler back on to talk about his updated thoughts on the Leagues of Votan. He was on for the the entire review of the Codex, and then lovely G-Dub, within a week of me releasing the, the second part of the review, nerfed the book so you know they do do that at times well richard welcome back on mate how you doing hey thanks so much for having me again adam lovely to be here uh so you have persisted with votan you are definitely playing that faction and adding it to your repertoire um and i mean such an aberration a strong shooting army in the repertoire of richard siegler what a shock (laughs) i mean the the main reason that i'm actually playing this army is because it looks like starcraft terran marines if they didn't I'm not a huge fan of the dwarf aesthetic. 
Um, but because they basically said StarCraft is an awesome game and we're going to recreate Terran Marines and Vultures, I was 100% on board, it's, and I still am. It's fair enough. I wish that if they could bring out the tank, the the, the Terran tank. Uh, the siege tank? The siege tank. Oh, yeah, I wish the Hecaton was a siege tank. Dude, it really and, should be. And how cool would it be as if like you could choose to... Uh, for it to not move and couldn't move again, like turns into a drop pod, but becomes like ordnance, becomes no line of sight needed. Um, how cool! Uh, maybe, never mind. maybe not no line of sight. I don't know about that. Yeah, but, well, you know, you, you could never move again. Like that's it. The rest of the game, bang, you are in place. So like one Gretchen like comes up, t- touches you. Sorry. Bring back the big pie plate. Oh, dude. <laughs> There was something magical in Editions Gone Past when you would get your Apocalypse pie plate out of your bag at the start of a game and you would just be like, ooh, that's going to, I just know that's going to give me some dopamine later today. Um, <laughs> but we are here to talk. So first impressions of the, of the nerfs, what were your thoughts? How do you feel about them? What's your gut instinct regarding what they've done to the faction? So fundamentally, I disagree with their approach. Um, my, for context, my list went up 550 points. <laughs> I think that is far too much for any list that has not hit the tournament scene whatsoever. Yep. Uh, there's no tournament games recorded. Um, people had just you know, theorized about how strong the army was, and I, I believe it was very strong. But at the same time, 550 points, and they'd reduced the key mechanic, which is judgment tokens. They changed it so that the sixes, uh, well, any of your hits with judgment tokens don't count as sixes to wound. And that mechanic goes throughout the entire book. It is a huge part of several of the sub-factions, and that, that is such a key rule. So, in my opinion, if you go for that type of nerf, um, which, Judgment Token's extremely strong mechanic, taking away that part of it meant that I don't think they deserve 550 points of increases. It is uh, one, It was one of the biggest um, holistic points increases we've seen in the edition. It, it really yeah, was. And, it, and it's absurd, because Tyranid's base codex, just a stronger book. I still believe that, and I will stand by it. And Tyranids have never gotten this same type of treatment all at once. They've gotten several nerfs over time, but none is just so significant as this. And the thing about the Tyranid book is it's so deep. It has so many broken data sheets, so many broken rules. This book has only a handful of data sheets. And what got me was the fact that several of the data sheets, Brokeer Thunderkin, are not good. They went up five points. Yes. The basic troops, I don't think there's anything offensive about them. They can be very durable if you stack certain buffs on them, but that requires extra supporting characters, requires command points. Um, I don't think they needed a one-point increase at this point. That, and the same, that for the Hearth, later the same for the Hearthguard, in my opinion. Hearthguard could have stayed the same. No, no stress, no problem. I think they there. could have went up five points, and that would have been totally fine. Yeah, ten points but, was a lot. Exactly. I think the Hecaton was totally reasonable. Yes, yeah, that was one that was fully behind. Well, it was the it was really it was the characters, the Hecachonk and the and the Berserkers, right? That people were losing their minds about. Mind you, the pioneers have shown themselves to be absolutely phenomenal, right? Yeah, I mean, you, I said it during the review. I think they are one of the top three data sheets in that book. I was less impressed by Berserks, frankly. Fabius, um, it is a very powerful mechanic. But they are so darn slow that they basically <laughs> counter assault unit in my mind. If you run them up in transports, it's a good player is just going to simply wrap your transport so they either can't get out, or if they fully wrap it and kill it, then um, they can either you emergency, or if they prevent the emergency, it's just a dead unit. I found that um, like the biggest thing for me is that this is an army that's going to still perform very well at the low to mid tables. Uh, because it just has some baseline very strong rules and synergies but at the same time with the points increases 
I think top players are just going to play around this. The lack of speed in the book outside of the bikes is just a massive deal. The move blocking, the tagging of the tanks with things, um, and the just the overall resource war is very hard for Votan to win. Yeah. So retracking a bit to the the nerfs, you said they were a bit heavy-handed, but you yourself were a proponent of saying this book is not fair, this book is not okay, it needs to be nerfed. So what would you think would have been a more reasonable thing for GW to do, or what would you rather have seen? I think I think what should have happened is exactly what happened last year to Admech, where they put a very sizable nerf on, and that was with like that was with a good amount of data, um, and I'm talking about the the second overall nerf, the one where I won the two U.S. Open GW events. Admech as a whole outside of that wasn't performing that well, but they were like, boom, 300 point increase to this army, 300 to 350 or so. And um, they did a couple smaller rules tweaks. They didn't address any, they didn't change doctrinas or mechanicals, anything like that. So that's what I would have gone for, frankly. I would have, I want to increase it about 300 or so points on the first nerf. And hey, when it hits the tournament scene, if it's still too powerful, we'll give it uh, maybe like two to three weeks even. And we'll do another another nerf on them. Yeah. It's still too bad we do another nerf. And I would rather it be tiered like that rather than we're just going to blindly go in 550 points <laughs> no games. I know they didn't play test any of this code. Get out of here. If you think that these guys are playing games with Leagues of OTAN and getting this on the table, <laughs> oops, there's there's no way. So there's Sorry. no data. No, what, yeah, is what no I'm data. Saying is yeah. They've tried to be data-driven with the balance update. This was not data driven. This was impressionistic, and I just I don't think you should do a giant nerf based solely on impression. Yeah, in my I I I don't mind them doing for the double tier hitting the hitting with points, hitting them with um, mechanical nerfs. I I thought that they going so far as to say that the auto wounds or judgment tokens never count as a six. I thought it would have been just as fine for them to say sixes on judgment counters count as sixes like a six is a six like as in the same as what we found acceptable they was what they seemed to find acceptable for hail of doom and they still haven't really nerfed hail of doom apart from making it all encompassing so a six to to wound on a judgment counter still counts as so you still get some benefits winning on fives and fours and the sixes will count as sixes and then smash them with the the points as well like you know with the shovel with the the points shovel bury them um but yeah just removing that and then because this was this was directly after you and I had finished our review of the book. So much of the internal balance of that book is predicated on judgment tokens being the catch-all mechanic of 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 it, of being the the the, the thing that will make your armies live and die. And they're still very good. They're still extremely strong. In fact, they're laughably overpowered versus demons. It's incredibly stupid how just like twenty warriors just ices a demon army. It's it's amazing, um, but. Um, jumping into a little bit deeper, uh, how many games are you in uh, with the the post nerf Votan now? Uh, like basically, I think like seven or so. Seven games in, that's that's plenty. That's that's that's, and you have been playing with the whole model range as well. I've seen it on stream. You head, boxing, yeah. head over to the war room. You can watch some amazing proxy games, um, and you can watch some amazing chess match. I'm watching the sisters versus Votan game at the moment, about halfway through. It's a phenomenal chess match of. Um, essentially john trying not to get alpha struck and you trying to alpha strike him and he just doesn't let you and that highlights all the issues that i think votan are going to have when they hit the table but feel free to extrapolate upon it from your experience mate yeah i mean you can you can just load up the first list i tried had the 18 bikes i didn't end up going first in that game but you can with 18 bikes just literally jam them up into your opponent and then spend one cp on the land fortress move it uh 20 inches 
uh, with the accelerated strat and just be like, here I am, I'm going to hit you so hard the next turn. The issue is the damage in the game is outrageous. And against anybody, any good army, you are going to take an absurd amount of return damage. And Votan can't afford to trade down at all uh, with the new points increases. And I found that the bikes with the four-up armor, that is just the recipe for volume of fire picking up your entire bike unit. Like, flamers are incredible into bikes, at yeah. least when Nick rolls them. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I found that if you try and go for that style, it can just not work. It's not as reliable as Tau because you don't have access to the speed that they do and the fire and fade slash mechanics. So there's no way to keep your stuff safe. You are getting hit by your opponent. You have to survive. Well, that's a perfect analogy, isn't it? It's across the board, durability-wise, it is it is more durable than Tau. You have to you have to argue that. Um, but the speed is about is, is less than fifty percent what Tau can bring. Like the shenanigans with, especially with breaches and devilfish, you have nothing that will do something like that. You have nothing that will move and sling eighteen inches like a a, you know, a crisis team will, and then you know can possibly fire and fade afterwards. You have nothing of that equivalent that can force an angle, really. Yeah, like the the bikes can move twelve inches, and that's pretty darn good. The issue there is their weapons are hunter, and so they can't advance and shoot outside of the the shotgun shots. So you are stuck with this particular range band. And good people, especially on dense terrain, I've I've only played. I haven't played on player placed. I think the army is quite a bit stronger on player placed. But I've uh, played Games Workshop in WTC format, and it's just you. All the good armies can hide their army for the first two turns and just trade the minimum and. I honestly think uh, people overestimated the Votan secondaries. Well, definitely not two of them. The the challenge one and the uh, prospecting <laughs> iffy anyway. Yeah. But uh, lay claim is completely a toss-up. If you go second, you're probably getting 10 to 15 on it. If you go first, it's really hard to get anything on it. Um, and you don't really want all or nothing secondaries like that. Um, and then the ancestors are watching is actually not quite as consistent as you think. There's a lot of ways the because the um, the part of judgment tokens where if your opponent does an action they get a judgment token that one's not optional they just get a judgment token it's not a can it's not a may uh, so you can just do with random nonsense characters um, and this is what John did in the sisters game is like every single character that could raise raise banners it did sacred ground or whatever it's called and so at the end of the game you got to go find these little characters otherwise minus five to your score yeah. Yeah, we talked about this, isn't it? There's, uh, there is a there we is did, a we big did, downside. If you're not tabling your opponent, this thing it can be a pitfall in the wrong hands. Yeah, so I found that the army is probably going to still perform pretty well at the mid-tables, but I think it's going to struggle against the top armies, especially because the balance update basically didn't touch any of the top armies in any sort of meaningful way. And things like Kraken were already, and like Twilight were already kind of better into Votan Anyway, oh, yeah, because better. you didn't care about the wounding issues that people have against Leviathan, ha, her der, judgment, judgment tokens. You didn't care about the same thing versus Lightsaber either, her der, judgment tokens. So, um, yeah, this is this is like, it's a changing of the goalposts for Votan. Nothing's really gotten better. In saying that, what kind of lists have you been experimenting with? I know we, we talked about Ymir being the strongest we thought out of the gates. Are you still holding true to that? I, I still think it is because this, ar- this army has a lot of medium AP. And against Armor of Contempt, you really do want to get to that AP3 no-cover type of territory to consistently kill stuff. Um, but I still think... I think Greater Thurian League probably has the strongest mission control game because they can easily get to three judgment tokens on multiple units. And on top of that, 
uh, which is very rare for the other sub-factions. And on top of that, they count as multiple models, uh, extra models, um, for controlling for, objectives. Yeah, OPSEC, yeah. So the three bikes become a six-man OPSEC bike unit, and that's so easy to contest primary with and control objectives. So I think Greater Thurine League, probably with like one to two bricks of infantry, you got your land fortresses, your characters, and uh, your bikes. Like that is going to be a super solid. It's probably better at scoring, not quite as good at killing into armor of contempt, but I I still think there's quite a bit of value in Greater Thurian League. And then Ronnie, I think that is also very strong. Getting bikes up to T seven, six up you know pain, or the troops up to T six, six up you know pain, it's it's a big deal. So I think all three of those are relatively close in my mind. Yeah, it seems like we're starting to see the different kinds of builds that people might want to take uh, filtered down. I, I still think there's going to be a build, you know, at a team event one day when someone takes 100 warriors, 100 toughness 5 warriors, and they're just like, well, here's, here's 20 turn 1 that are toughness 6 with a 6 up feel no pain. Here's 20 turn 2 that are toughness 6 with a feel no pain. Here's 20 turn 3. And that could just be a thing. And then there's all those freaking bikes. Like, there, there, are, there are lists out there and archetypes that will... To go the distance for them, I think, um, especially in teams, which is where I think they're the best right now. It's going to be me, Adam. I have, all the, <laughs> I have all the Marines. I'm uh, the Marine Rush, dude, and I'm going to run. A uh, I love to see it. Can you build one Jim Raynor, like, as your Carl? That Mohawk Miniatures, oh. he, is, he is painting uh, one of the characters as, uh, as Raynor. Dude. Black the skull, and uh, then dude. he's painting Tychus. I am so I I am so down, and you got to go get Tychus killed every game just because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> as soon as we get the the promotional material and he starts doing it on stream, I will uh, share that. It's gonna Beautiful. be epic. Cannot wait. Um, so, what are your lists looking like? Like, uh, what is your what is your Ymir list? If you were to go to a, a GT or Super Major and you're taking Votan, what would they look like today? I've been trying to try different options in every single game, just get a full experience. Um, but the standard is going to be high call. You've got the, uh, the Brokeer Forge Master, and then I've been liking the Grimnir quite a bit, especially if you run the larger troop squads. Um, so those are kind of be the three main characters. However, in Greater Thurian League, I really do like the Einir Champion with the mass, the Relic Mass Hammer of Mortal Wounds. That guy is a boss. Um, so those are the ca- main characters I'm playing around with. And then for troops, I like running one of the 20-man bricks. It was very impressive the first time I ran it. And I've tried out ten mans. Ten mans with the uh, um, the Magna Rail rifle are pretty darn solid. The meta pack is amazing value, but I really like having one of the twenty mans. And if you have the Forge Master there, you can reduce the CP cost of the transhuman down to one, and then it's very reasonable to pop that. Plus the Grimnir buff to just make them natively tougher. Healing with the meta pack, it's it, it's very good. Then um, usually I run like one other troop unit, maybe two. Um, depending if I'm going battalion or specialist detachment, um, three by three bikes. Sometimes I run one six man as like potential aggressive pressure, um, or just late game having six bikes able to string out. Um, and it, but always three units of bikes. I think that's just mandatory. They're so essential to how the army plays. Um, and then, uh, two land fortresses. That's kind of been the core and, E, um, and then and then a five man unit of Hearthguard. I tried the larger squads, and they are strong. I found that all I really need that unit to do is be alive in the late game to teleport onto objectives, and clear off the final chaff units. So I don't really need it to be a huge damage dealer. 
And I found that the mortals are, even with the full rerolls, they're just, they swing from game to game. Sometimes I do like three or four. Other times it's like 13. I just rest <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so because it's a little inconsistent, I'd rather just put extra emphasis on the quality um, kind of reliable units and ha- have that as my main teleporting unit. Totally, totally agree. I like the sound of that army as well. It sounds like it's got a bit of everything. What guns are you taking on your Hecachonk? The uh, uh, heavy conversion beamer. In um, in Greater Thurian League, you can take the one the heavy magna rail. Yeah. But that's because Uthar is going to be there and he's going to be like, all right, that one's a six. Yes. Cool. That, yeah. How good does that one? Yeah, that one will feel amazing. Um, all right. So... I think that'll wrap it up for what we what we wanted to discuss. Thank you so much for coming on and giving your updated thoughts. We did give you guys give um upon review of the book, we both said this was an S tier army and possibly stopped all other armies from being S tier. I think now we have to reevaluate that. I know I think this is an A solid A army. I don't think it's an A minus or an A plus. I think this is just straight an A army. Um, and I'll wait for some data to prove me otherwise. How do you feel, mate? Yeah, I, I genuinely agree. I think it's around that A territory, um, depending on which armies and what the qualifiers are for making A. Um, but like I said, if it's just taking in like the, you know, I think it changes based on terrain, though. I think in Games Workshop terrain, this army is very difficult to play. And with uh, the fact that the ruins can be essentially unchargeable means that it's so hard for Botan to get into your opponent's ruins that you're just not interacting with their score and they're trying to interact with yours. And like you said, the second your secondaries aren't good enough to float you in a game where you can't connect with your opponent. Exactly. I found that GW Terrain... I, I've lost very close games on GW Terrain. Um, so playing better and playing with more experience, I totally could have won. But it it was difficult. I had to, you know, you got to pull some magic. Yeah. So I think GW Terrain is the hardest. Um, WTC... The lighter boards are amazing. The heavier boards are more difficult. And then I think player place is going to be ideal. So LVO, I expect Leagues of OTAN to do well at LVO, honestly. Dude, exciting to see. Well, thank you so much for coming on again, mate, and giving us your <laughs> thoughts. Much appreciated. Please stay tuned. Hopefully you're enjoying this at the end of uh, episode 116 or 117. And yeah, jump over, catch some great War Room content where you can see the full Votan stuff in range for the last couple of weeks as uh, uh, Richard, jeez, uh, works his way through the codex learns everything experiences everything it's a really cool way to to learn a new book as well by seeing one of the top players in the world um iterate upon it runners raiders are coming (laughs) well dude thank you very much again enjoy the rest of your day cheers thank you for listening to art of war down under a content review podcast for warhammer 40k Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow.